What's up, world? It's your boy, the Bearded Brother. What's up, world? Um, I'm back for uh, part two. Um, I had to get, had to refill, get me a beer, another beer, which um, is actually from Chiquita's hometown of Souls and Spirits uh, Brewery. It's uh out there in Memphis. I think I forget exactly where it is, but like I could see the space. But um, this is their uh, Oktoberfest lager called Danke, which means thank you in German. Yes, I know I'm cultured. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so basically, what Oktoberfest is is just an amber lager. Um, way back generations ago, they used to keep their beers cool by putting them in caves. So they'll put a, the beer in caves for, they'll brew the beer in March, but they'll put them in caves until like September, um, right around Oktoberfest, which is like a very big beer drinking festival uh, over in Germany and in those big beer drinking uh, countries. So basically what you're going to get is like this kind of dark brown color. It's going to be a little malty, so it's, which means just sweet. So, um, it's another beer you can definitely start with as a, a new beer drinker. It's going to be a little roasty. Um, reminds you of fall. To me, it reminds me of fall because it has a little spice to it. So, but yeah, I still hang out with, uh, Chiquita. She's still <laughs> talking about United Street Tours, her entrepreneurial spirit, all of that stuff. Um, and Fun fact, we actually met each other at WeWork and she was, I was working at Lyft at the time. So it was about 40 folks in there, um, <laughs> in our office. And I always see across the way, cause we're in that glass building, a glass space. I would see across the building, this girl just always in her laptop, just tic-tacking away. <laughs> I almost heard her finger slamming on the keyboard. Um, just working on something and I was like, oh, I wonder who that is. And we just kind of kept cross it's you know how black people do. You like you keep crossing people's paths, you slowly start to talk to them, and next thing you know, you don't really know how y'all became cool with each other or friends. But that's how <laughs> it was. And now seeing her doing her thing, dominating social media with her wonderful posts and just very like open posts and things like that. And just having something that's so powerful and all that stuff. And, um, so like just kind of talking about that growth, was that something you expected when you started or that kind of come along later? Um, I think the hardest part for me as far as growth was when I had, when I finally made the decision, um, not to go back into education for another year, like not to be a dean of students or not to pursue another word role in education and just step out on faith and say, okay, I'm going to be a full-time entrepreneur. Uh, that was the hardest thing for me. And so when, you know, like we was connecting and we work or when we was like seeing each other and we work, you saw me working so hard. Cause I'm like, listen, we got to figure this thing out. <laughs> Right. And so, like, we cannot fail at this. Like, I'm doing this full time now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have nothing to fall back on but me. And so, entrepreneurship is scary, and it's like the sweetest thing ever. So it's like it's like it's like both. It's like 
one the most one of the most scary things that people will do in their lifetime, but also the sweetest thing. And so, um, yeah, like I, you know, I like the WeWork space as an entrepreneur. It was very white. It was. Um, but there was free beer at times when there was some left. <laughs> my bad. I drink not to send a keg. So, like, judge me if you want, but argue <laughs> with your mama, first of all. Like, you don't know my life, all right? So, he was drinking all the beer up. So, anytime I went to go get some beer, it was none left, okay? <laughs> but, yeah, it was, like, it was a nice environment to work in. Everybody pretty much kept to themselves. And so, that allowed me to really, like, sit there and focus and hammer out what I needed to hammer out to be successful, to be where I am today. Oh, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. And kind of just um, taking your experiences from being a dean of students and having your master's in social work, like, how did that help you trans transition into the entrepreneurial lifestyle? What are some similarities and what are some differences that actually helped you? Yeah, so... Um, <clears throat> I um, came through social work. So I went to grad school in Virginia and I came through social work with a certification in uh, school social work, right? And so that gave me a teaching lens. And so um, when people say teachers, if you're a teacher, you can pretty much do anything. I agree with that because to be a teacher, you have to be so dynamic and so, mm -hmm. you gotta you gotta have so many different skills right uh soft skills hard skills, like everything you gotta have so much many tools in your belt because not every student learns the same not right. every student is gonna present the same way one depressed student is gonna look different from another depressed student you know what i'm saying so you gotta you you got to have some wits about yourself and so um like coming out of social work with the certification and teaching i was pretty much set up to do anything i wanted to do and so initially i thought i wanted to go into like the therapy side of social work and work one-on-one -on -one with students and work one-on-one -on -one with individuals but with the tours is what we call like community social work and so i just ended up in the community social work um space affecting change here um mobilizing the community to um, speak out against racism and be anti-racist. And so um, this space is still social work. Social work is all about like being the change. And so uh, this work allows me to still work in my major, but just as an entrepreneur. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and you kind of just speak about that, like that fear. Do you still feel like you are experiencing that fear at all now as you've gotten some experience on your belt or you're just like, man, this thing, nothing to me. Let me go on and do my thing and I'm show you how to do this. Oh, so one, I'm very confident, but the fear would never leave. <laughs> right? right. So it's it's a different level of fear when you have to um like you are the way that you're gonna survive. Like you ain't clocking into no job or nothing like that. So the fear never really goes away. And it's a good thing that the fear doesn't go away because you can either use it to hold you back or use it to motivate you. And I just so happen to be the type of person that's like, oh, this fear ain't about to conquer me. I'm about to get this work in. And so that's what I do. I use it as a tool to motivate versus a tool to uh, hinder me. Gotcha, gotcha. And um, following you on uh, Facebook, um, you got you start popping back up on my timeline. Um, yeah, I disappeared. So, um, yeah, so and I kind of want to go talk, dive in that to a little bit, and kind of like as an entrepreneur talk about mental health, just because of your some of your posts have been really uplifting, talk about therapy and things like that. But um, going into your like disappearance, um, what was going on there, and then how did that kind of just level you out, or you, 
or um, re help you reassess everything? How was that break for you? So I think the pandemic um, just like, um, took a toll on a lot of us, right? And so, like, I literally was one of the ones that stayed in the house for a year. Like, I did. There was no really going outside. Like, I was in the house. And so, I think in doing that, like, <clears throat> trying to be safe, staying away from my family, you know, just, like, trying to look yep. at my interactions with people, trying to pivot. And then I had two surgeries. It's just, like, oh, I man. got into this, like, yeah, I got into, like, this funk. And I got like real sad and depressed. And I kind of just like, um, and I didn't even really, I didn't even really know I, would, I disappeared for that long until black folks started reaching out to me like, girl, where you at? What you right. doing? But it didn't really pull me out of the funk. The only thing that pulled me out of the funk was one lady who in the community who I really love and respect. Never met her before in my life. We, we're friends because like, both of us are uh, beautiful black queens doing amazing things in the community. Um, so we're friends on Facebook, but we never met face to face. And she just like, um, she just sent me this message. And I was just like, dang, like, this really touched my life. And so like, literally in the midst of depression, I got this message from her. And she's like, where have you been? Like, what are you doing, girl? <laughs> like, we need your voice in these conversations. And so not only that, she's just like, you know, said some stuff to motivate me and bring me show me what I was doing, show me, showed me that I was withdrawing from, from the work a little bit. And so that kind of like made me uh, snap out of it, got into therapy, actually doing the work in therapy <laughs> to, to work on myself and get better and heal. Right. And move forward with the work that I'm doing. Gotcha. Gotcha. And kind of just jumping in to therapy and you say you're doing the work in there. Yeah. Um, as an entrepreneur, how important do you feel it is that you enter this space to try to find a therapist probably as early as possible in your um, journey or like when you need it? Like, where do you feel like having that outlet needs to come in if you want to go into entrepreneurship? Because that's not talked about a lot. So, yeah, it's not. So I <clears throat> so, of course, I have my master's in a mental health space. So I'm a big advocate for therapy. Entrepreneurs need therapy. Teachers, need, like everybody needs therapy, uh, but especially entrepreneurs because, you know, a lot of the times, especially high achievers, like we go through life doing task after task after task, project after project after project. And we, we don't all the time stop and say, how do I feel right now? <laughs> right? Like, how, what am I, uh, what am I doing? Is this what I want to be doing? Is my um, intention still matching my impact? And so I think it's 100% necessary for entrepreneurs to, in the very beginning, especially when you first, when you're in startup phase, you really need some therapy at that point because that's like one of the hardest phases uh, to talk to somebody. I think I, I'm a big advocate for, for therapy anyway, and I feel like everybody needs somebody to talk to. And back to the feelings thing. So I started this group um, and... It may take me a while to get there, but I'm going to get there. It's called the Tap-In Group, and it's just, like, Black with female entrepreneurs in Nashville, right? And so, like, I went through. <laughs> and so basically, I, I wanted to ask you about that, so it's perfect that you just brought it up. <laughs> so I was going to ask about that, but this is perfect. 
So basically what we do is we hold each other accountable, support each other in like business, investing and growth in general. And so, you know, I was doing my thing, talking to them and like, okay, guys, so this is how we're going to support each other. This is how we're going to hold each other accountable. And then uh, one of the young ladies in the group, her name is Simone. And I love it a life. She was just like, Shakita, do you mind if before each time we meet, we actually talk about our feelings as entrepreneurs because people don't really ask us about our feelings. They ask us about our work. And I was like, dang, you know what? Like, that's real. That's real. Let's yeah. do that. Oh, oh, and yeah. so like, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's what we are like. We're going to lead the conversation. We're talking about like how we feel. Yeah, we're going to get this work done. We're going to get it in. We're going to do a good job at it. We're a beast when it comes to this work. But we also going to take care of ourselves. And, and that's that's important. I got you. I got you. And perfect segue is to just kind of talk about uh, being a, a female entrepreneur um, and talking about the tapping group. Like how important is that for entrepreneurs to find a group like that, um, whether mm-hmm. it's a uh, woman of any race, man of any race, or uh, any really any person of any race to find these groups that represent them, look like <laughs> them, talk like them, to have to their success. How big is that for you? Yeah, it's make or break. Because um, one of the things that like, and one thing I was telling my therapist, like going through this process of being depressed, like, when you're depressed, it's literally difficult for you to get out of bed in, mor- in the morning. And so with the tapping group, we meet Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Like, so Monday through Friday at 6 a.m., like, I'm on Zoom with the tapping group. Like, all right, this is my goal today. You know what I'm saying? And so it's powerful to create a community of people uh, around you. Uh, who can like one hold you accountable, but also like support you and getting the work done, but then tell you like also give you the license to take a break and say, we understand that you need you right now and that you're going through something you need to heal right now. And so like taking a step back, is not bad. So I, I'm, I'm a big advocate of you having people around you who going to motivate you. But when you need to step back, when you need to step out of the spotlight and take a little time for yourself to heal um, to grow, to do whatever, like take your time. Oh yeah. I, I love the take your time statement right there. That's like, gotta take a moment on that. Cause that's, that's so huge, especially in that world of entrepreneur. Like I went to school for entrepreneurship, social entrepreneurship, but, um, you just kind of just, like you said, you just learn the business and you learn how to move. You don't learn about your emotions. You don't learn about tapping into groups like this. You don't learn about that stuff. So I strictly remember like never hearing anything. It was just like, you just got to create, just create, create, work, 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 connect, 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 network, 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 hang out, talk, email, talk, email, uh, reach out, do all this stuff. It's never like, you never reach out within yourself. So like, I just love the fact that like that's one of the biggest things I learned and still learn is like take your time and not compare yourself to others. And um, so this is going to be like a two part question uh, talking about that group is like, how do women such as like my wonderful fiance, Ashley, she has Eva Mae Thrift. Yes. Um, she she jumped in the pool. Uh, finally, I was standing there and in the three foot. I was like, 
I got you. Come on. <laughs> Just right? jump. Yes, black man. Yes. So I was like, Baby girl, I got you. Come on, look. I'll yeah. I'll hold your hand. I ain't just gonna throw you in there. Um, That's beautiful. I love that. So I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But like, how can someone like Ashley tap into some of these groups? And also, um, I forgot my second question, but hopefully it'll come to me <laughs> as you're talking about um, tapping into these groups. How do you how do you find these groups? How can they get involved with your group um, if yeah. you have one and things like that? So it's happening in group uh, right now. It's invite only, uh, unfortunately. Um, but eventually I do want to open it up for people who want to join to just come in and join. And it's invite only now because it's, it's like literally just starting. Um, and so for 30 days, it's just going to be us group of women um, supporting each other with our goals and stuff. Uh, after this 30 days, we'll see how it goes. We may be uh, continue to tap in group. It may be something that be discontinued. I don't know. But as far as like groups like the tap in group, one of the ways that like how I kind of got integrated into the community is through networking. And it, it, I say that with all difficulty now because we, we can't network right now because of COVID, right? Right. And so it's hard for new entrepreneurs to really uh, build community because networking looks different. But yeah, that's how I started by just uh, like some of the some of the people in Nashville right now, the uh, black entrepreneurs who are doing really, really well was in a startup phase when I was in a startup phase. Right. And so when you when you're able to network and meet people when they hustling and um, trying to be to where we are now, it's easy to build community with them when you already made it. You know what I'm saying? Because you knew them before um, they were where we are today. Gotcha. Networking. I was literally at almost every networking event. It's your networking events that you was throwing, I was there. Okay. Yep. I remember you being there. I, I was remember. in the building. I, I appreciate you coming out, supporting, connecting with those people for sure. Of course. And I do remember my um, second question. We were just talking about taking your time. Um, what are some tips new entrepreneurs or even seasoned entrepreneurs can just keep remembering and utilize to make sure you don't compare yourself and you're staying on your path. And you're not looking at Shakia's path. You're not looking at the Beater Brothers path. path. You're not looking at uh, Josh Mundy's path or someone like that. Like, what are some tips for people to do that? Do y'all talk about that in the tapping group? Or is that something kind of just like, hey, don't compare yourself and you move on? So it's interesting you say that because like I'm in a tap in group and invited a woman into the tap in group and we do the same thing um, as far as like the anti-racism work that I do. And there's like no competition because it's like it's so many people out here to serve. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, right. like getting distracted, worry, worrying about who one person is serving uh, versus who you're serving. It's, it's pointless to the work. Like we if we had the same mission to eliminate racism from the Uni United States of America, from the world. Let's work together. Um, so I look at things. I, I feel like people should look at things as collaboratively versus competition. Uh, however, there are some times when um, you have some competition out there who you do need to pay attention to um, so you can understand how you need to pivot. Um, but to answer your question in general, I think in order to stay in your lane, <laughs> in order to like stay focused on your mission and your goal and your journey is to reward yourself. Rewarding yourself and celebrating your wins is one of the most radical things that you can do as an entrepreneur. And how do okay? you do that for yourself? Yeah. So one of the things, so I didn't used to do, this is a this year thing for me. Like when I won 40 under 40, like I was just like, great, this is awesome. What's the next project? 
When I want a woman uh, of influence of Nashville, great. What's the next project? Okay. When I want best of Nashville for my tours, great. What's when the mayor shouted me out when I got a position with the mayor? Like I'm not. I'm going through these motions and I'm not really rewarding myself. I'm not saying like. Shakita, like, you're doing some dope stuff. You're getting some dope uh, attention for the good work that you're doing here. It was no rewards until, like, recently my counsel was like, you know, when you don't reward yourself, like, that's a sign of trauma. And people can, people who don't mean you no good can see that, you know, you, you got all these wins and you're not rewarding yourself. And they can come in and take advantage of that. And so, like, recently... One way I rewarded myself for my wins is I took a trip to Costa Rica <laughs> and I was at Costa Rica for, I yeah, a week. And I just like, did not work. Don't even, I took my laptop to watch new movies on Netflix and which is not, not available um, to be pulled into consultations and work and being a therapist for people. You know what I'm saying? Like I just took that time and said like being present with myself and that's what I needed at that time. And so now I have another 30 day goal uh, in my business, and if I accomplish that 30, this is what we talk about in the tapping group. If I, talk, if I accomplish that goal in those 30 days, I'm taking a trip to Spain, okay? <laughs> and so, hopefully, I'll be in Spain for about 30 days. Uh, so, I will have to take my laptop and actually do some work because it's a long time to take off. But I, I'm now this year in a position where I can say, like, you know, like all of the wins that I've had in the past that I've kind of just like. <laughs> walk right past to the next project and I'm in a position to say okay let me stop let me pace myself and let me reward myself uh for accomplishing the things that God has gave me the ability and opportunity and the good sense to accomplish gotcha gotcha okay uh, I love that and you were just talking about working with the mayor um and I wanted to bring that up um because you said some interesting things in some of your uh, blog posts on your website about that and how it um helped you create your seat at the table. Um, how did that uh, commissioner role, you were the, for everyone, for everyone out there, she was uh, brought on to be the Metro National Historical Commissioners, one of the youngest ones out there, because, um, you know, Black Girls Rock and they run the world, <laughs> whether you like it or not. Um, if you don't like it, that's your problem. If you love it, let's talk. Um, and how and see how we can continue to promote uh uh black women in anything and everything but um how did that help you create your seat at the table and when did you know like this is gonna do that for me um <clears throat> so interesting thing like i i didn't really set out to have a seat at the table I set out to disrupt the table, like in general. So I'm always surprised when people are like, "Yeah, here flipping oh, tables, really not sitting you. down." <laughs> okay, I'm always surprised when people are like, "We really want you to sit on our board, or we really want you to be in this position." So, because I didn't set out to assimilate at all, like that's not I did that for years, and so um, it kind of just happened. So, like, I am privileged in that I am in a position now where I do not have to code switch. Right. And I understand the privilege of that, because like when I was working in uh, education and corporate America, as, as, as we call it, I had to coast switch like everybody else. Like I'm not walking up in there with no uh, <laughs> dress. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm going to have my straight hair. I'm going to tone it down. I'm not going to have no corporate hair. Like I'm, I'm going to look 
the white supremacist standard for professional because I need my job. And so when I moved out of a space, out of this space of having to co-switch to survive, it was no like, oh, let me get a seat at this table. It was like, where are those tables at that rejected me? Because I'm coming for them. And not in a way that like, oh, let's sit down and kumbaya, but in a way of, okay, we are sitting at this table and there's nobody at this table who looked like me. There's a problem here. And so my whole mission with being at tables is to address the issues. And so when I, before I even got to become one of uh, Metro National Historical Commissioners, I actually got a call from the mayor's office that said, the mayor want to meet with you. I'm just out here doing tours, doing my thing. I'm not, I don't even know I'm on the mayor's radar at this point. And so um, I went to a meeting and it was a meeting, uh, heavy hitters in Nashville, entrepreneurs um, sitting around the table and the mayor was basically talking about things that needed to be discussed regarding the city. And in the meeting, from my perspective, I went off. And so even after the meeting, look, after the meeting, I don't know if you know Bill McCleskey. I thought Bill McCleskey, I'm like, Bill, I did not try to go off in a meeting. Because, some, you know, when you're passionate about progressing the Black community, and when you're um, in a position where you can see things happening, you know what I'm saying? When you can see things moving, but it's moving at a pace that, like, you you, you just want to speed it up a little bit. I kind of kind of popped off, and I was like, Bill, I did not mean pop off in that meeting. He was just like, Chiquita, sometimes, you know, you just got to stop and, you know, think about what you're going to say now and then. So we had that conversation. And I would say maybe like a few weeks later, I got an email from the mayor's office um, um, with the offer that we just talked about. And so um, then I had to decide, you know, is this because like if you're if you're if you're the type of disruptor who um, sets out to disrupt oppressive systems you really have to like pray and um do some soul searching on if you want to be a part of the system right and so i think one of the things that made me accept the position was that i talked to one of the civil rights leaders and the way she broke it down is we black people need people at, at different levels like yes we need people out there at, protesting and saying, you know, forget this, but we also need people in the offices, right? So we need people on all levels that's disrupting the oppressive systems. We don't just, everybody don't need to be going to jail. That ain't right. everybody wrong. Because <laughs> if we all in jail, who out here going to pay our bail? Who out here fighting? Some exactly. people we need, yeah, some people we need to be on the ground educating. Some people we need going to jail. Some people we need in the off. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody got a role to play and we need to determine what our roles are. And once we determine what our roles are, we need to be a beast at it. Uh, I love, I love that you said that. Just finding, finding your role. Um, I like to allude to one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. It's uh, the rock. He would say, know your role and shut your mouth. You don't have <laughs> don't shut don't shut your mouth, but know your role and do your work. That's what I'll say. And and so that's very awesome you said that because I I love that mantra because um, I was personally struggling with that. Um, is how do I make my voice heard in this space? That was the Afro Purdue community help for sure, but ever since I really started doing the work in craft beer and holding craft beer accountable. And I, I really started to hone in on that community and still am and still trying to bring that out. And 
bring the community they swear they advocate for, but mm-hmm. it's to advocate for the community you want, not the community that is needed. And that's where I come in. And so you saying that just like makes me want to work 10 times harder, just be a monster. I'm, if you are a, I'm nerding out right now. If you're a Marvel fan, if you see, if you've seen Thor Ragnarok, when Hulk comes crashing into the uh, Coliseum yelling and screaming, that's the energy I'm going to come in into the craft beer. I'm yelling, screaming, ready to fight anything and everything. You can get in the way or you're going to be on my side. If you're in the way, <laughs> just know, just know I'm slap you out the way until you get it together. So <laughs> that's your energy. That's oh, yeah. energy you coming in the real way. <laughs> All right, I'm, tr- I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I so you can you. feel it as well as you, you can see it. But um, talking about like doing the work and being a beast at it. Um, you have multiple websites. You have United Streets Tour website, but I want to jump into your ChiquitaCharnice.com website. And this is... Let's yeah, okay. not talk about it. That's, that's, <laughs> we need to renovate that, okay? We're not ready for that one. It's all, it's all good. Um, I'm, I'm coming from a complete admiration and appreciation <laughs> side of it. Because um, when you go Aww. to Chiquita Charnice, it, it lays out the steps of what you need to do. And how she's gonna be a part of it, so there ain't no questions, no if and <laughs> buts about it. Like you walk on here, step one, connect with community. How you do it? Are you hey. a youth? Are you an adult? Cool. Step two, learn about the black experience, tours, challenge, and it's no. each step. Grow your anti-racist lens. It's work there for you to do. So basically, what I'm saying is, stop asking your one black friend or your one black coworker about how you could be better. When you got Google, you got ChiquitaSharnice.com to give you these steps and give you this work. And also be prepared to be uncomfortable because if I know anything about Chiquita, she'll, she'll hold your feet to the fire. <laughs> and you better not have gasoline on those feet because you finna burn up. <laughs> Lord. But, yeah, I don't have a problem calling people out. Sure. Oh, oh yeah. And in like, the same respect, so if you're the type of person to call people out, you got to be willing to be called out sometimes. So I'm not perfect. I, you know, there's some things and some um, people who I need around me who's gonna be like, Chiquita, hold on, <laughs> like wheel their back. You know what I'm saying? So um, calling people out is a double edged sword because you call people out, eventually they're gonna be looking for a way to call you out. So yeah, for sure, for sure. And then um, kind of going on this what on your uh, actual website, um, I really love how it's laid out. Um, so like, what are some things people need to do themselves before they go to the website to get ready for this work? Or can they just come in cold? They're like, okay, this place I can go for anti-racism. I'm ready to just dive in. I don't care what experience level I have. Or do you think like, okay, you need to learn about like yourself a little bit first and then what things look like and then you can get into the work. So it depends on what people you're talking about. Like for white people who want to get into this work, they need to go ahead and realize their voice is not the center. Like in in the work that I do, we don't center white voices, period. Uh, White people are very accustomed to their thoughts, opinions, and perspectives being at the center of conversations uh, on several issues, even black issues. Um, Because you, you think about it, we look at rooms, we look at political spaces. There are some rooms that still don't have black people in them. Uh, making decisions for the black community. Um, And so I think it is important for people who want to do this work 
to know two things. Um, not saying they have to do this extensive work before they come into the work, because <laughs> that would be a lot. Um, but just know their voice will likely not be centered. And there is no space for white tears. Like, I think a, a, a whole lot of black people have had an experience with white people on the job or in the community where, you know, they either said, uh, black person said, you made me uncomfortable when you touched my hair or when you did this to me and the white person just starts crying. It's no, it's no, it's no, we don't have time to like babysit. Like people are dying. Black people are dying. Okay. Black people are being discriminated against. This, this is not for play. Like we're trying to create some real change here. And so we don't have time to go move back and wipe your tears because somebody has called you out for switching your hair. And so be present, show up with an open mind that maybe the things that you you learn, because I know some of the things I learned about Black history was false. Yeah. So maybe some of the things that you learned about the Black experience in Black history was false and just be open to learning new things. Um, the first step with connecting with me in general is through my community, uh, learning to rise together on Patreon. And go ahead. No, I'm just pointing out, I was like, yeah, Patreon and make sure you, yeah. make sure to support and things like that. And so that's another thing like you talked about, and, and this is very important because I did a whole campaign last year about paying black women and pay, paying black people in general. Like people, uh, white people want black people to do this extensive emotional work for them when they begin to wake up to racism in their community. And then they come to us, shoot us a real set, quick text message, be like, can you tell me about your experiences? And they don't realize that like these experiences are traumatic. <laughs> like, and I was having a good day too. Like I, I just, I just had breakfast. Like I'm about yeah. to go cook out later. Now I want to go. <laughs> like, yeah. Like that. You just put me in a negative space. Right. And so, um, if, if, if anybody has, you know, uh, white friends and they're reaching out and saying this, you have just become a consultant. You need to pay me for my time, for my emotional work and my emotional labor and the space that you put me in. And so I think that's important, like for white people to know if you're showing up to this space, expecting black people to work for you, because that's what it is, then you need to compensate black people for our work, period, because slavery it's no slavery here. Like we don't work for you for free. If you want me to teach you, my job is to teach. And if you want me to teach you, then compensate me for my time and so that's where we are gotcha gotcha and my last question um you bring up patreon and what once a person pays for the tears how many tears do you have and what do they get once they make that purchase purchase so yeah so patreon it is patreon.com learning to rise together the tiers are basically you don't get anything extra for a tier it's based on like what you can contribute um with being in the community so if you can contribute i think the lowest tier is seven dollars a month so if that's what you if that's what you can contribute then by far go on that uh tier but <clears throat> what we do is release a monthly syllabus and so the syllabus last year our syllabus uh syllabi included like anti-racism one-on-one and so we went over the white tiers we went over breaking down white supremacy and what that looks like in everyday life we went through anti-racism, racism, and things like that. Each syllabus breaks down a different concept. And so now this year we're in our um, anti-racism detox where we're really digging into like the history piece, okay? The experiences piece and like what being an anti-racism advocate really means. 
And so we just released our uh, our first syllabus of the year, January 15th. And so I'm excited for the next syllabus, February 15th. And so <clears throat> you get the syllabus monthly, which contains like a buttload of information that you need to make sure you're on the right track. And also guidance, because I know when I first started this work, a lot of people come to me and say, I don't know where to start. <laughs> I want to help, but I don't know where to start. Where this is where you start, right? And right. so <clears throat> there's no excuse anymore for people to say, I don't know where to start because this is your start. And so we also, like I said, I also have my tours, my pre-recorded tours in there. So if you just say, okay, I just need the Black History piece. Let me see, you know, what Chiquita sounded like on tour so I can learn. Boom, click a link. You have access to the tour. So pretty much everything that I do right now currently in the virtual space is surrounded around my Patreon community. So if you tapped into that, you're, you're pretty much tapped into my work. Oh, that's awesome. And so uh that's all the questions i have today and um learning about chiquita and just reconnecting and catching back up with uh her but if you want to catch up with her see your antics on social media and all that fun stuff um chiquita where can they follow you um where can they uh check out uh some of your articles and things like that yeah so um i'm on instagram uh, Chiquita Dye Patterson is my personal page, and at United Street Tours is my business page on Instagram. So you can follow me there. Perfect, perfect. And then just like, what do you, what's come, what's on the horizon for United Street Tour and Chiquita Patterson in 2022? Rest. I got you. I got you. <laughs> hey, sometimes it's just that simple. I, I, I get it. Like you don't even need to explain <laughs> nothing else. That says everything. That those four letters yes. say everything. And Hallelujah. So, and before we, you do leave, I do have a um a section of the show called Cheers. Um Cheers to you. So um that's just me just giving flowers to people I know and I interview and just make sure they hear the appreciation from me and hopefully the craft beer community. Um but I definitely want to give my cheers to you, Chiquita. You've been having your head down in this work. Um, and you've been honest about your work. You've been authentic. And it's been such a beautiful transition from, again, bringing it up again from WeWork to, to you having this serving up information to thousands of people. Um, it's been such a fun ride. And I, you're one of the few people, like, when I tell you the few people, like, you can ask anybody, like, I don't cheer the super hard. If you're doing something cool, I acknowledge your coolness. But like, there's very few people I cheerlead outside of my family. And it's like, you're one of them because you're just like, you're so, you're so authentic. You're so genuine within your work, but yet you're still humble. You don't try to feel like you're above anybody, but also you also, but also you don't play games. You're like, <laughs> it's like, I'm kind to you, but don't play me. Like I, I don't want to embarrass you, but I embarrass you. But then I'll embarrass you harder because I got to embarrass you. Now I'm mad. And I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know my whole personality. <laughs> hey, call how I see you, Chiquita. Yeah. I call how I see you. That's, that's all. But, like, I definitely want to tell you that. If I never tell you that again, just know that's how I feel in my heart about you and just – you doing your thing. And I just hope people just notice that, continue to notice that and be able to share that with other people so they can bring it in and kind of see how you work and all that stuff. Cause you're doing such important work 
And I think more people need to talk about it. And RT, more people need to help you out, support you any kind of way. So again, world, Shakita Patterson, ShakitaShanice.com, United Street Tours. Check it out. Google it. You have search engines. If you don't use Google, you got Yahoo, you got Bing, you got Siri, you got Alexa. They are going to help you out. Reach out, do the work, study up. And of course, when you listen to this episode, make sure you have a couple six packs, a few of your friends. Of course, drink up.